If you have a child with type 1 diabetes, whether they were diagnosed five days ago or five years ago, you continue to have questions. These are the questions about the emotional side of living with diabetes, the questions about how to parent diabetes. I'm Joanne Robb, a psychotherapist and fellow T1D mom, and I've been parenting diabetes for almost 15 years. In this podcast, I'm here to answer your questions about the emotional and relational challenges that come with being a caregiver for a child with type 1 diabetes. Before we dive in, I have to remind you that I'm not a doctor and nothing that I offer here should be considered medical advice. If you want to make any changes to the way you or your child is managing their type 1, please be sure to check in with your doctor or medical team. Let's get started. Hi there and welcome to the show. Hello. Why don't you go ahead and introduce your type 1 kid, let us know who that person is and how long they've been diagnosed, how old they are and how long they've been diagnosed and then we'll see what you what brought you here and how I can be of help. Okay, great. Um, Baden is 12 years old. Um, he was diagnosed in March of this year. So we're, we're about eight months into this journey. Mm-hmm. Okay. So March of 2023, and he's been about eight months. Great. And what brings you here? So recently, this is my grandson. Um, he moved in with me about two and a half months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, basically mom, um, mom's still very much part of the picture. See three, four five times a week. Um, however, she has five other kiddos at home and, um, we're having a lot of violence, a lot of violent episodes with, mm-hmm. um, some trauma that was prior. Um, Baden was adopted, um, when he was eight. Um, so he does come from, um, a pretty rocky background mm-hmm. and we thought we really had a lot of that under control and it just seems like this new diabetes diagnosis just sent us spiraling backwards mm-hmm. um there's five other kids in the home um so um he is staying with me um mm-hmm. i think we're gonna make this a long-term thing um and we're just trying to figure out how to um get everything back in balance if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah absolutely And so it sounds like he's moved in with you because it's a little scary to have him around these five other kids. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. So, um, when, and and I, and I've noticed direct correlations because I actually have been like blogging this for a while. Uh The, the more, um, insulin he needs, Mm -hmm. the more, uh, volatile, his moods become. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there could be a correlation. I'm not a doctor. I mean, I don't know all this, but just mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is I've heard a lot of, I've done some reading um, about it. And, and I also think that that can interfere with his, like his mental health care, mm-hmm. right? The, the medication he's on there because your, your insulin or your, your blood sugar being off changes your metabolism. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I noticed the best days are when we're really, really like spot on in that 110 to 130 mark, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard. (laughs) It's really hard to keep us there. Um, and, and to be honest with you, this diabetes, especially, I mean, maybe it'll become easier as we get the tips to the trade. Um, but it takes a lot of extra work, right? A lot of extra meal planning and all that kind of stuff and hard to figure out. Mm -hmm. So, um, really maybe easier to do that when it's a family of three versus a family right. of seven or eight. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, that Kristen, that's just true. Um, 
Yeah, that's just true. Because especially in the first year, there's so much you're learning. I think of it as like drinking from a fire hose because there's so much information you have to try to take in. It can be really, really hard. Um, so that feels normal. I actually have heard many people say that their kids are more angry, more snarky, more nasty when their blood sugar is out of range, when they're high. So when you say the way you said it is the more insulin he needs, the more volatile his moods. I, I wonder if you mean to correct him, to bring him down into range. Is that what you're talking about? Um, yes, because yes. And, and they have his, so they have his, he has, is on a pump. Um, mm -hmm. We actually, I don't know. I, I find the pump a little bit more difficult. And, and I loved it. I'm going to circle back just a minute to what you said about the fire hose. Mm -hmm. I, I think about that in the last, you know, since it started, right? Like, I feel like that. Like, I'm drinking out of a fire hose. There's so much and it's so overwhelmed. And I'm not even the person that has it, right? Mm -hmm. So it has to be magnified 20 times for for a kid, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm noticing is, like, he, he's not a pump, right? Um, but they have his level set at, like, a low range of 70 in high range of, like, 250. So I usually can tell his behavior before that alerts me to that I that he's high. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yep. I and guess, then I'm wait, nervous me... about giving him. Uh huh. You're nervous about giving him more insulin. Right. Like, how, how do I know what 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 bolus do I do I put in to bring him down to range without because I've done it before when he's high I'll put it in. And then he shoots low and they don't want that either. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so I just want to clarify one piece. When you say the more insulin he needs, the more volatile his moods, does that mean if he eats a high carb meal? So you have to put in, let's say 10, 10 um, units of insulin. Is that what you're talking about? Or you're talking about if he's high and out of range, whatever high means for him, it sounds like it's a pretty low number for him. Um, like it's, you know, 180, let's say, and you need more insulin to correct. That's when you're having trouble. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. I don't think it's necessarily the higher insulin. It's that I'm giving him more to bring down and uh -huh. we're, we're really focusing on the eating. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the safest token, some days I worry that he's not getting enough to eat. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like here, eat a cookie, eat something, not necessarily a cookie, um, but I, I feel like we're eating really low carb. Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's supposed to be 68, 68 for a meal and then a 20 um, carb snack. Mm -hmm. um, with the cooking that I'm doing, I mean, I'm difficult to get to the 68. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you cook like that, is his mood more stable? Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. And at what number do you start seeing these volatile behaviors? One, 170 to 200. Okay. And what does he say about this? Like, do you um, see he, anger and volatile behaviors when he's not out of range? Is he angry normally that he has this mm, new thing he's carrying or just when he gets high? No, sometimes he has, um, sometimes he still has some mood difficulties, right? He's dealing with a lot. Yeah, he is. Um, but 
but I would not nearly as bad and not nearly as sporadic. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain, make it sense, but there's normal frustrations in the world, right? right. Yep. And in a normal everyday frustration, he handles it like a normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see when it gets to that, like 180, you know, above that point, mm-hmm. like the little frustrations that nine times out of 10, it would just be normal. We elevate higher, we get more out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you can handle the frustrations. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have a few thoughts here. Um, when he was adopted, did he come through the foster care system? He did. Mm-hmm. And do they, and what state are you in? Michigan. Does Michigan provide any support for him because he came through a foster care system? Um, yes, they, they, there's a small stipend. Uh-huh. Um, and, he, and he does have um, Medicaid uh, for insurance purposes. Okay. Because I, I have heard of foster adopt kids who have additional support from the state, but in different states than Michigan. So I don't know <clears throat> if Michigan would offer this, but, but on the very highest level, what I think is that some additional support to your family could be really useful. Like I I'm just so impressed that you're here, that you're calling. It sounds like your family is really have a, has a lot to handle and you are, have been sort of tasked with taking care of Baden um, more directly because it's too much, right? With five other kids in the house, it's too much for your daughter to do it. And this whole thing is a lot. So um, it's impressive that you're even found your way to me and you're asking, I think it's amazing. So on the, on the top level, what I'm wondering is about a kind of therapy called PCIT, which is parent-child interaction therapy. Um, which PCIP? PCIT, PCIT, parent-child interaction therapy. Um, it. It's very behaviorally based, helping parents with kids who have behavioral problems, right? That is really what it's designed for. And so I wonder if you can find somebody who does that kind of therapy. And my hope would be that Michigan has some funds to help. I don't know if they do, <laughs> um, but that that might be a good kind of therapy. I, I, think, I think with PCIT therapy, that's sometimes the kind of therapy where they put a little microphone in your ear and they talk to you and they say, now do this right? This, they watch you interacting with him so that you get a lot of hands-on support for, um, you know, thinking about how to best interact with him to get better outcomes. So that's, that's one general thought I have. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to share some news with you about my Sweet Talk courses. So if you sign up for my courses now, you're going to get the same robust course material you always got, videos and exercises and teachings that will help you get to diabetes calm. But now the way you get it is more flexible than ever. You can work at your own pace, sign up for three or six months of support and choose either asynchronous or face-to-face Zoom support. There are also different price points to accommodate different budgets. And if you sign up before the end of November, Use the code SWEETTALKPODCAST 
to get $100 off any course package you choose. Check it out at diabetessweettalk.com. Looking forward to working with you. On the diabetes side, though, I feel like, um, you know, normally with families, I'm saying to them, let them eat whatever they want to eat. Um, it's really important to not be restrictive with food because you can figure out the dosing and, um, and you want the relationship with food to be continue to be positive. In his case, I think I would say something slightly different. In his case, I would say you're in the first year, let's keep doing that low carb thing. <laughs> um, because you need to keep him more tightly in range so that he can um, have a more positive experience of himself. Plus, you know, you want to keep him and other people around him safe. Um, yeah. And then, and then, you know, there's a reality here, right? Diabetes is really hard. It is really hard to keep growing children in range. It's hard to stay in range, even if you're an adult, right? But it gets easier because there's less growth hormone, right? He's 12 years old. There's going to be a lot of change. And so I guess I wonder when he's out of range, when he's over 180, what does the behavior look like and how are you talking to him about it? Because it sounds like, um, even though I want to say to you, let's just work to keep him in range as much as possible. And with the special foods, let's practice with them a lot. Right. So for example, you keep him in range and then you practice with a cookie every single day at snack until you figure out exactly how to dose for that cookie. <laughs> right. But outside yeah. of that, when he does get out of range, what happens and how do you talk to him about it? So when he gets out of range, I, I, we, I tried to talk to him about why and how, and like, because he, he really is, I don't want to say intellectual. He likes like the technical side. Mm -hmm. So we'll go online and like research it together. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, why did this happen? Um, trying to tell him like, like if he starts getting frustrated and I, and I think it's a blood sugar thing, I'll be like, Hey, let's take a time out. Let's, let's look at your, your blood sugar. Oh, we're high. We're not going to discuss anything else. We're not going to talk about this until we get that back down. Because until that's down, like, I don't, I don't think we're going to receive it well. Right. We're and not going to, we're not going to get beyond this. How does he respond to that? Because that sounds really smart to me. Um, a lot of times runs, um, starts throwing things around, um, um, becomes very agitated. And, and, and then honestly, this is, this is, and this is what I tell him, as long as you stay in my house, right in the house, like you can go to your room by yourself, right? Like let's right away, we're going to get, we're going to get something done on this. Like if it's extremely high, right, we're going to. Bolus to get us down a little bit. Um, if not, you know, walking around is probably going to burn it off and, and help you a little bit there too. So go ahead and do that. Mm -hmm. If you leave my house, I have to go after you, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you're not in a in a safe in a safe spot. Mm -hmm. um, and that tends to work. A lot of times, um, he'll like go out on the front porch and I'll think I'm just like, okay, hold on, you know, and he won't leave the front porch. So I'm like, hey, who cares if he's he's out there post you know, um, stress walking or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then I, and I have him come back to me, like I'll wait like five or six minutes, wait till he starts calming down and then I'll go out there and readdress, right? Like, Hey, are you ready to talk? You want to take a look at it? 
you know, can we help? And, and sometimes, sometimes I can get them back on track and then we're sitting in the computer, you know, looking at like, Hey, what did we eat? What happened? Let's research something, um, in 10 minutes. And the couple times, um, it's taken us two hours. And then by then he's usually, it's burned off and it's down because during that time he's exerting so much energy on mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Bit. I mean, you I keep using that word. You know, I, I have a thought that's a little crazy, but I don't know how much space you have, but I wonder about you getting a trampoline. Um, because, uh, trampolines just are a blood sugar dropper. They just bring blood sugars down very, very fast. Actually, one of my favorite stories about it was, um, there was a certified diabetes educator who was looking over a kid's numbers. This was a long time ago before there were CGMs and she looked And on the weekend, the numbers were super low. And she said, did you get a trampoline? And they had, Um, because trampolines will drop a blood sugar pretty quickly. And so I wonder if you have space, if you can put a trampoline in the backyard and have agreements with him that when he's feeling like that, that he goes and jumps for 10 minutes. I definitely have the room and I could definitely do that. Yeah, because I think it sounds like First of all, it sounds like you're 100% on the right track. It sounds like he's really lucky to have you. And and it sounds also like he's got a lot of energy when he, and it's angry energy, but it's a lot of energy. And it feels to me like if you could find physical ways for him to use that energy when, like, I think I would be asking him, and maybe not in the moment, right? Because he might not be able to answer in the moment, but what does it feel like in your body when you feel like this? Because he will start to be able to identify it earlier and earlier. Is he on a CGM? He is. Okay. We have, we have some issues with that though. Uh Um, He, and I think this is like the most atypical thing in the world, right? He does that kids at age. He doesn't want to be different, right? He doesn't want this thing on his arm yeah so he has a tendency of taking it off uh-huh. um uh-huh. you know and I, and I think that's we've had I, I think we might have solved that one though um mm-hmm. totally through natural consequences um because the last three weeks he has he has been um, much better about that mm-hmm. um he he actually um was taking them off I ran out of the applicators mm-hmm. and the insurance wouldn't cover anymore mm-hmm. um and um, it, we, w- I made him wait until like I, I did two weeks. Like that's what we were out of. Like you have to wait. You know what I mean? Like we have mm-hmm. to go back back to manual poking. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that kind of solved that because he hates that mm-hmm. a lot worse than he hates that CMM. Uh huh. Wait, say that again. He hates the manual poking. He hates more the finger than sticks. he hates. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's back up. Um, I think I think you're on the right track. I think a lot of kids have big reactions after they're diagnosed. So it, I just want to normalize some of this. It sounds like it is more heightened when his blood sugars are high. And that's not atypical. Like um, When my daughter was young, she was much younger. And when she was diagnosed, she was so mean 
when her blood sugar was out of range on the high end, like really, really mean. She's not like that anymore. So I want to name that people can outgrow the reactions they have to these blood sugars. But in the meantime, the task is both to try to keep him in range and get him down back into range, but also to have him recognize what's happening so that he can take more control, right? Because if you think about it, this is like diabetes taking over him. So the first step is for him to be able to identify how it feels. And it does sound to me like he has a lot of physical energy that he needs to burn. And that would help, right? (laughs) Honestly, if he could run up and down the stairs a thousand times, his blood sugar would drop. And if you can direct that energy with his consent to whatever it is that he loves to do with his body and you have the space for, like if he loves to throw a ball out in the backyard and run and get it and throw the ball the other way and run and get it, great. So I would be working with him when he's not out of range and when he's calmer to say, hey, I'm noticing this. Do you notice this? I notice that when you're out of range and when you're on the high end, that you really seem very frustrated. And and this is the other piece I would do. I'd validate that. It makes sense, right? I think that's, I, I truly yep. think that's one of the most powerful things you can say to a person, right? Because it lets them breathe. It lets them feel seen. It makes sense that you're get angry. First of all, it feels bad in your body. That's my guess. And who asked for this nonsense, right? But let's yep. think together about what you can do when you feel that feeling in your body that will help you feel better and get back into range. Got How it. does that sound? Oh, I love it. I actually am like, actually, when I'm going through this, just talking out loud to somebody, like what you're saying makes complete sense. Because in essence, I'm already seeing part of that. Like the more active, I'm almost being counterproductive when I'm like, hey, calm down and let's research this together. Like I should be doing that in the off time. Yes. When he's up high, yes. I should be encouraging the actual moment, yeah. the actual yeah. activity. Absolutely. And then I would... And then I would avoid having to give him the insulin to bring him down, but then I screw up and get him too low. Oh, I love this. Well, the other thing I'm thinking about that, the giving him insulin and getting too low is you should be on the phone with your doctor more. So most endocrinologists, I don't know if you have a pediatric endocrinology team, but most of them have a nurse who will help you. And I really think that this needs more help, right? You need more support. This is a lot. And this poor kid has been through so much. And so he deserves it too, right? How often should we be meeting with his endocrinologist? So that- Like what's standard? Yeah, standard is four times a year. So every three months. But you could be on the phone with that nurse a lot. (laughs) They might not love that, but I feel like you deserve that and- there, that's what it's there for, right? So I would be calling and saying, hey, I see this, I dose like this. Obviously, to me, it sounds like your correction factor's off, right? If he drops and you're sweeping up lows, then it might be that your correction factor is too high. So, I, I mean, I don't know, but it sounds like you're taking very good notes. And so I would be getting your nurse involved, your pediatric endo nurse involved and say, I'm needing some more help. I'm seeing these really volatile moods and I need some help to be able to feel safe giving him the insulin, let's say. Like, sure, have him run around first, um, but but also get some help to see if there's more, there's some changes you can make to the insulin's uh, ratios 
so that you can feel better about giving him insulin. If for example, he can't jump on the trampoline or run around the block or throw the ball. Excellent. The other thing when we were talking about like we're we're doing really good and and he enjoys cooking. So that's been a really I think a strong thing is that right. like we'll go through Pinterest and he'll pick our meals, right? And that's adorable. And that's what everybody eats. Like we don't do um there might be a few things under my bed, but for the most part, like the how the food in the house is to to that standard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's the coolest thing is to eat in front of anybody that can't have something. Yeah. Um, and we also have we have free meals. Like we go out to eat twice a week, and hey, you order off the menu what you want. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that he doesn't feel like he's being deprived. Yep. But if he's eating low carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, what should be my carb rate that I am making sure he has a day? Oh, you're outside is that my, 68? you're that outside my, you're, yeah, okay. you're just outside my scope. So I do know that, um, dietitians will say that children need a certain amount of carbs for, you know, good brain function and development. You should talk to somebody again, your pediatric endocrinologist should have that information. The nurse might know too, but often those offices have a dietitian. Um, you know, and I think you need to take into account, you need some time for him to adjust to these high blood sugars. Cause they're, they're also normal. Right. And he needs to understand, he needs to be able to sort of separate it from him, say, and this is how I'm thinking of it. Like for him to be able to say, oh, right. My diabetes does this to me when I'm high, I need insulin and I need to jump on the trampoline or I need to run around the block four times and then decide what I think and how I'm going to respond. Like ultimately that's what you want him to be able to do because it's real that he's going to be out of range. Sometimes it's not real that he's only going to eat chicken for the rest of his life. Right. He's not only going to eat salami. He's going to have bread. He's going to eat cookies right? And so you want to work with him on both sides. You want to have a diet that keeps him more in range. And you also want to be working with him to understand how he feels, be able to identify it as something other than him, right? So that he can think, what am I going to do with that thing over there that's causing me all this trouble? Well, first I'm going to go run the stairs and then I'll decide, right? To put some spaces in there. So he's not so reactive, but that takes time right? He's 12. This is a process. Absolutely. And I love what you, what you said there about separating it, that some of these behaviors, these angry feelings that you're having, these negative feelings, these, although they're real, they're not because of something that's wrong with you. It's because of something your body's doing, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's important for for his overall mental health care, right? Mm-hmm. Is Is to be able to decipher between my act, I don't want to even say my actions, my feelings are different than, but if I have something that I'm feeling this way, it's the diabetes that is doing this to my body. This is what I have to do for my body. It, it takes some of that stigma away from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And I think it also, um, it just creates some space between who he is at core and and what his diabetes does. And I, I, I don't know, I'm thinking about this kid who's been moved out of his home with his mother, right? And nobody yeah. and his mother still loves him and comes, but that's hard. 
I, it, that's not to say that's the wrong decision. I'm just saying there's a lot of possibility for him to feel um, bad about himself. And yeah, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't want the diabetes to make that harder in these moments where he's out of control. Right. So yeah. for him to say, yep, diabetes does that to me just helps him be a little bit separate from it. So it's not that he's bad. It's the diabetes makes it hard for him to be good. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that line. How's this all? Oh, landed? wow. I have three pages. I have three pages of notes. You are amazing. <laughs> so cute. Good. Well, I hope it helps because he sounds like he's got a really supportive person in you. And I suspect in the whole family. And this is really hard, really hard. So, um, you know, the other thing you're pointing to the feeling of um, being the weird kid, I feel like I can't recommend more highly and more strongly um, diabetes camp. So that will be in the summer. Um, yep. I don't know what's available in Michigan. Uh, but family camp is something I strongly recommend. If the child says, I don't want to go to camp, that's for weird kids who have diabetes. Then you go to and take him to camp because then it gets normalized in a pretty profound way. And that can make him, that can really help him, uh, feel like he's not just the odd man out all the time. Um, we do get with our chapter that does like the, the diabetes the group or I don't know if you call it a chapter. Um, and, and there's a couple of winter activities that we're signed up for. We have a, a Kalahari trip in February. Um, so definitely getting involved in, in that. We did get, um, we got recommended to a support group that are for preteens. So I got him involved in that. He's only done that twice. Mm -hmm. um, so we, you know, um, but absolutely being involved, right. Making him feel like this is, uh, more normalized. Yeah, absolutely. And that he has company in it, right. He's not the only one. Yeah. Amazing. He's very lucky to have you. I think I can't say that enough. You're working very hard on oh, his behalf. He's such a good kid. He is such an amazing young man. That's like lovely. the potential is, it's just, um, he just needs to get a break in life. Like, I don't know how else to explain that. Like, got that yeah. diabetes. I know this. I'm like, yeah. Seriously, the kid get, get a break. <laughs> yeah. So I'd, I'd be saying that to him. My guess is you already are, but I think it can be really validating for a child to hear. Like, you are such a lovely human, and I feel sick that you can't get a break. Like, this is too much. I think our instinct is to not say that often because we're worried the kid will be like, yeah, it is too much and get more mad. But the likelihood is that they just feel seen. And if he says, yeah, that is, it is too much. And I'm so mad. You can say, yeah, it makes sense that you're so mad. It is too much because he deserves yep. to be seen in how painful this is for him. Absolutely. The whole idea of empathy, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't imagine how an adult would feel getting this diagnosis, let alone a child, you know what I mean? Let alone, mm -hmm. you know, with the, the barriers that he already has mm -hmm. and, and just giving him every resource that I can think of to, mm -hmm. um, I just, mm -hmm. just sucks. Diabetes yeah. just sucks. It Please. does. Right. <laughs> it does. I agree. I well, agree. Thank you very much. I You're am so welcome. Take these notes and um, I, just some great ideas here. I really appreciate your time.
Yeah, this is lovely for you to come on. You can always email and let me know how it goes. I love to hear. I will certainly do that. Thank you so much. Best of luck. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening today. If you want answers to your questions about parenting a kid with type 1, I'd like to invite you to join our live recording sessions so you can ask your questions in person. Not only will you get the support you need and deserve, but through the podcast, you'll be helping other T1D parents to know that they're not alone with the challenges they're facing. To join one of my live recording sessions, simply go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register. Again, go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register.